0: Don't forget that you're never too far gone from where God wants to take you. You are loved, you are seen, and he wants to desperately know everything about you. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Let's jump into this. So we are susceptible to being led astray, changing our minds, making rash decisions, hearing incorrectly, looking for the harvest in our lives when in fact we are in a different season. We need to be careful So here's the core values that I really want you to think about when it comes to your season. Number one, God will be faithful to you. Now some of you that feels very, yeah, absolutely. Others of you are like, please say it again because I need it to go into my heart. God will be faithful to you. The Bible says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. You can be fully confident that your dad is not going to let you down. (laughs) It may not look the way you want it to look. It may not turn out the way that you had hoped it would turn out. But I'm telling you, the hope of the gospel is not that our lives are perfect. The hope of the gospel is that whatever we go through, he will not let us down. He will never leave us nor forsake you. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your consistency, your ever-present characteristic or character, I should say, will, is really what sustains me. Secondly, the second thing, is God is fully aware of your season? Because <laughs> this is funny. I think we like to kind of fool God. Like I'm in summer, God's like, no, you're not at all. You're like, God, I'm in winter. He's like, no, you're really not. You're in a whole different season. You just don't want to work. Uh, it, it wasn't personal. I'm just preaching. If it felt, if hey, if you felt that, take that word. Um, You know, sometimes we get in seasons where we go, oh, God, you know, what season am I in? He goes, we talked about what season you're in. You know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And sometimes we'll go, I need a prophetic word. And God goes, I gave you one. You just didn't like what I asked you to do. And so you're hoping that God will prophesy. I'll prophesy you out of the season. And I'm saying, listen, I'm not a grandparent. I'm an actual parent. And grandparents ruin our children my mom and dad do things they never let us do i mean we were not raised with television we were not raised with any kind of sugar like we never had chips like my parents were hippies born again saved so it was like the hippie movement and the jesus movement all mixed together it was a mess right they were like fixing every mistake with us like we're going to purify you externally and internally let's make all this happen right anybody else raised by those kind of parents okay so So all of that happens, and you know, at the end of the day, we've got to realize that God is actually, (laughs) he's fully aware of our season. And so God is all, third is that God is all powerful in every season. So not only is he faithful to us in every season, not only is he fully aware of every season, but God is all powerful, which means he can do whatever the heck he wants to do. That's a Greek word god can do what everyone's somebody to go well you know it's just my season no no it's your season so you can define where you're at but ultimately he is the creator and if he wants to send a hurricane in that <laughs> hurricane's coming If he wants to send a cloud or part the waters, he's going to part those waters. And it doesn't matter if you sowed the bad seeds and you did the wrong thing. He can do whatever he wants to do. And that's very exciting to me because often I don't grow the things I want to grow. And I don't do the things I want to do. Like Paul says, I don't do the things I want to do. Come on. I don't always say the things I want to say. And that gives me hope. fourthly, is that God is working every out this is important i remember my mom telling me this moment where my mom came out of high school and married her high school sweetheart and he was a crop duster so so he would you know those yellow planes out by the crop fields where they go and they spray and you know that's how they they're it's a dangerous job but they they kind of fly low and they spray and they help farmers and um one night as they were uh, my mom was finding jesus Uh, Her husband was not interested. They were separated. She got a knock on the door, and it said, your husband has been killed in a crop-dusting accident. And my mom said she went into the bedroom to gather her things, and as she went into the bedroom after her high school sweetheart husband was killed immediately, she looked at her bedpost, and on her bedpost she had written the passage Romans 8.28 for all things work together for the good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And I think about this reality that I was a part of that Romans 8.28. It just was a matter of time. And some of us feel like we're getting the knock at the door of our season and we're going, what do we do? And you need to know that that promise is the same for you, that he is working everything out, you have a long life <laughs> you have a lot of seasons you have there's a big world and often the things that I had hoped God would do took me 10 years to see 20 years to see can I get an amen and so sometimes when we're young we think like God I've been so patient he's like it's been a week like I fasted you you missed dinner Come on. come on and lastly number five seasonal change will eventually come this is critical because many of us the devil wants to lie to you that you are stuck and the enemy wants to lie to you to say, you're never going to get hope again. You're never going to see the sun again. You're never going to be restored again. You're never going to have it redeemed again. This is it. You knew it was coming. You knew this was going to happen. And often we can get stuck in seasons where it feels like forever. I mean, and we it's not. Everybody's having the same amount of time and the same amount of years in their lives. But at the end of the day, we need to know that if sometimes you just have to grin and bear it. It's OK. Like sometimes someone said, if you're going through hell, don't stop. And i think about that reality like sometimes in our spiritual lives because we live with fallen people and sometimes people are idiots that's a greek word for challenged. <laughs> sometimes people do you've done stupid stuff too don't look at the person next you be like see i'm glad she's preaching to you like we've all done stupid stuff but because we live in a fallen world and things can are out to hurt us and out to damage our souls We can often be in seasons where we're reaping what somebody else has maybe done. Come on. But at the end of the day, we need to know that our season will change. And if we sow the right seeds in the dead of winter, we'll have the right harvest in the middle of summer. So this is critical in our lives. So well, I want to take you through these different seasons. The first season is the season of spiritual winter. Spiritual winter. And this... This season, I would say, if I was to like name one of them, it would be called the season of waiting well. Learning to wait well. Winter's one of those seasons that nobody likes to talk about, but David in the Bible had no problem talking about it or singing about it or preaching about it. He went through winter, and he gave us hope. I mean, he was the one. We, we, we use his we, we use often his words when we're not doing well. We turn to what? The book of Psalms. Because David wasn't afraid to talk about the hard stuff. He wasn't afraid to address pain. He wasn't afraid to say, I'm in pain and I don't really know what to do right now. So God, help me. I feel like you abandoned me. I feel like you're not with me. I feel like I can't get what I need. Like, God. And he's reminding us that we can still be in a season and it's okay. I love the quote by Albert Comus, which says, "In the in the depth of winter, I finally learned that there was in me an invincible summer it almost feels like the opposite of everything we should be experiencing as a believer when you're in winter it feels like you are experiencing the exact opposite of what we kind of believe we should have like I should be filled with hope I should be filled with abundance I mean God should be and yet it's not and we're not doing anything wrong. I remember uh, being in winter, you know, I was 27 when I got married to my husband and I was in 16 weddings before I got married to my husband, which was so fun and expensive. But, um, and so as I'm in these weddings, I remember one of my friends, I was her maid of honor, and she was like 19, and so we have this church packed of hundreds of people, and she's walking down to this song that she had written her husband, and the music is playing, and her whole bridal party, and she gets up to do her vows, and she's like, and I have a waited for you. And I'm like, waited for you? What, you just got your ovaries like two weeks ago. Like, I don't even know. Waited for you? Can you even use the word waited? Like, I'm 25. I am waiting. And then I was just in an Australia, and I told this story, and the girl with me was 35, and she's like, you don't even mock me with 25. Like, shut your mouth. I'm like, okay, each of us have our own winters, right? So we all have our seasons. But, you know, th- this is what winter feels like. It's like, God, I'm the one that's waiting and praying and believing for my husband. I'm the one that was, that was hanging out in church when she was hanging out. Well, At her parents house i mean i was the one that was doing everything i should be doing and 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 yet she's getting blessed what's happening and see i'm in a winter season and god knows that in order to sustain what i needed to sustain later on i needed the roots to go deep and i needed to figure out who i was i needed to know what could sustain me because that season was not my season And so what's really critical is that in winter, it's very difficult to see any growth in our lives because there's nothing obvious to see. And things can feel like they're dead when in fact, they are just dormant. And there is change happening underneath the surface. I love what David says in Psalm 63, one, he says, you God are my God. And earnestly I seek you, I, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. And then he says, in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Does that sound like a man who might be in winter? Yeah. So here are some keys to winter that I want you to understand. First of all, winter can be one of the most uncomfortable seasons of our spiritual life. And for many of us, we don't like being uncomfortable. I heard there are a few of us in this room that don't like being uncomfortable. And so what's critical about winter is that if we don't actually find our comfort in the comforter, we will find our comfort in the things that will hurt us. People don't hurt their marriages in summer. They hurt their marriages in winter. People don't hurt their churches or their leadership or they don't have moral failures or they don't spend money or they don't usually it's the addictions don't happen in the season when they're feeling full of faith and ready to go and God's got them they're usually going I don't know what's going on I don't feel like God's really hearing me I don't know everybody else seems to be uh, in abundance There was this one girl I remember at a prayer line and she walks up to me and she says you know I have raised thousands of dollars for the kingdom of God and I'm like okay awesome and I'm like, I know she's going somewhere. And she says, you know, and I have believed God for my life. And she said, and I am now 44 years old. And honestly, God hasn't given me any of my heart streams, which is a husband and kids. And she says, and I just think at this point, I'm ready to walk away. And I thought, I have nothing to say to you. Not that I couldn't say anything, but it was this thought of like, if this was where you were at, in the middle of winter, my words will feel like a punch in the gut. In the middle of winter, you're going to have to find the God who's actually speaking to you words of comfort. That I, words, My words are noise. My thoughts are noise. But you're going to have to find the God of the 44-year-old single woman. Come on, you're going to have to find the God of the person who has a kid who doesn't love God right now. You're going to have to find the God of the, of the person who, who, you know, who's going through cancer. I mean, we're going to have to find a different type of God. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. I have to find a God that is now has four children and one is tweening really hard. And I have to find that God. As he walks out of the house on the way to school the other day, he goes, Mom, I don't even understand you anymore and walks out the door. I was like, Welcome to sixth grade. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still the boss of you, son. I'm still the boss of you. Chased him down, gave him a big hug and a kiss because I knew that's what he wanted. I knew that's what he was asking for. So winter, secondly, winter is a time to be intimate with God. You see, this is when we start to hear God in a way we've never heard him before. Right. Come on. Winter's a season when all of a sudden we get really close like John did to the heart of Jesus and he laid his head on him and he, he just got close. And I think about this. I wonder if maybe Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus was in a winter season saying, just say one word. I need one thing from you to sustain me and to keep me. This is when we shut out the world around us, and often we have to kind of keep a little bit more isolated, and I'm not suggesting that you isolate, but I'm saying sometimes we don't feel like going to the parties and, you know, and the, the, doing the praise marches, and we don't feel like all of that. We feel like sitting. We feel like being with others that can cry with us and listen to us and hold our hearts and our thoughts without judgment. And so this is really critical that we... Hear God, and I'll say this, some of my best messages and life messages and life verses have come out of winter, not out of summer. It's at the season when it says, your word sustain me. This word sustained me for this moment. I can think back to those moments when I would be in my dark room, tears streaming down my face, and saying, God, say one thing to me. I just need one word. Just one. I don't need a passage. I don't need a message. I don't need just one. And he says it, and it's like the manna of the day. Winter's like when you get manna every day, and you go, just, it's enough to get me to the next moment. Step by step, bit by bit, moment by moment. And that's how God operates in our lives. Winter is a time to get physical rest. This is critical. You see, if you don't know how to rest, then in the middle of winter, you will burn out. And if you don't know how to rest then you may not be burned out yet but when the next season hits you better get ready you will not have that structure in place to know that it's a season where you need to have but you need to uh, be rested so you're ready to work because anything that god calls us to will will require effort and hard work anything God calls us to this isn't like the lotto movement we're like God I, come on up and everything's is given to you no no God even think about this in Genesis when God put Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall of man the Bible says Adam tended the garden that means Adam was working before the fall we're like oh the work is part of the fall I'm confident of that I'm confident that the sweat is because of the devil. Like, I'm confident. And God's like, no, no, actually, I've always been interested in you partnering with me, even in my creation, that you would see. And what was was Adam doing? I'm sure Adam was planting and gardening and pruning and feeding the animals and doing all of those things. I can't wait to ask him when I meet him. But winter also is a time to live on what has been stored up from previous harvests. If in winter you don't have a history in God, you will, you, it will seemingly feel like he's abandoned you. When you don't have a history in God, this is why journaling is critical. This is why you're writing your prophetic words out. This is why when God's speaking to you, you don't think, oh, this is the season I'm in, but you begin to gather and store because there'll be a season when those words will not just be part of another, oh yeah, they prayed, no, they said this, and oh, that was a good message. Those words will be manna. You'll pull it out and you'll go, I need to read this again because I don't think I'll make it through the next day if I don't read this. I gotta pop my wedding video in again. And watch, walk down the aisle, and watch us cry our faces off, and watch us be so naive. (laughs) And watch, why did I find my why in the middle of everything, right? It's like my kids, like, looking at their baby pictures and being like, I love, look at this. Remember when I was pregnant and I thought this would be easy? (laughs) Remember. You got to go back and you got to store up. You see, in winter... Second-hand spiritual knowledge will not sustain you. And a lack of biblical literacy, the idea that we don't need to know the word, have the word in us, we just have to be around spiritual people, will not be enough. Because what happens is, is we get so dry that we come looking for a word. And many of you came here looking for a word in the spiritual season of winter and you're hoping that somebody will prophesy over you or pray something over you, and you'll leave and you'll go, that was disappointing. Hopefully hopefully it won't be disappointing, but I I hate to say it, we're not always perfect here. And you'll leave and you'll go, what happened? And God will say, sweetheart, I want you to grow in learning my voice and hearing what I wanna say, and if all you do is you get your fix like a drug addict, (laughs) And when you go home you'll be looking for the next place for a fix and you won't really know me and you won't really hear me and you won't really see me you'll just be addicted to an environment and so it's critical as we must people go how do you write messages and how do you guys this is years and years and years of of learning god's voice and learning his nature and learning what the word says and being around people that i mean i have listened to thousands and thousands of messages i have read the word for thousands of hours i have had many prophetic words i have been in ministry for 20 years i have been ordained for 17 years which doesn't seem very long but i'm 30 so that is a long time (laughs) history and god will give you confidence that no anointing will ever give you yeah. history in god day in day out living this is how people that are married for like 30 years look at you see the look in their eye and they're like you just got to get you just got to get here <laughs> i can't pray this for you i can't prophesy this over you you just got to get here because this is what see how many of you married for a little bit and know what i'm talking about look yeah. at them see they've got look at they they understand what i'm they're like preach to the choir <laughs> so th- th- second season is spring and spring after waiting well and developing intimacy and growing with god this is about guarding growth this is about understanding that this is not a season where we're like "Woo, season's over hallelujah this is all good no no no. it's really a season when you begin to guard the fresh growth now i love it because we live in an area where many of you plant gardens and we i love this and you'll go on instagram and you'll see people that are like i'm mapping out my garden and i'm like cool I'm not, but most people are. They're mapping out their gardens, and you're like, it's the dead of winter, but what they're doing is they're planning and prepping because they know there's gonna be a season shift, and when the season shifts, they better be ready to get those seeds in the ground because there's a short period of time, and if they don't get those seeds in the ground, they will not have a harvest. And this is critical in our spiritual lives. See, many of you are in winter and you're like, okay, what's going to happen next? Like, is God going to call me? Is God going to pull me on a platform? Is God going to give me the book? Like, what's gonna God's going to go? No, no, there's going to be a season shift. And when that season shifts, you better be ready to have actually way more of a direct like line of sight of what you actually want to plant. Because anything you plant at this moment is going to grow anything. So all of a sudden you have, oh, I'll help you and I'll help you and I'll, I'll, I'll go to your project and I'll run to your church and I'll do this. I'll do this. And what will happen is you'll, be, you'll begin to help a bunch of people grow their things and you'll have this like kind of green thumb. But you'll realize that if you don't actually plant a harvest that you can live off of, then all you'll do is be busy in the spring, but you won't be productive. And so spring is a season for new growth and new beginnings. Each of us will experience these seasons in God because he is committed to growth and fruitfulness. Hey, hey, guess what? You are not the gardener. He is the great gardener. You facilitate growth, but he is the great gardener, and he's into you growing a life on purpose. So each of us will experience these seasons. And so um, these are the times when we experience heaven's fresh rain falling on our dry land, and this is a sovereign moment in time, a time when what we have planted will begin to grow and what we've hoped for will spring forth. It's one of those seasons where we have to take full advantage of the momentum of growth before it's too late. This is critical. You, I, don't, I don't have a formula for momentum, but when you get it, you better you better lean into it. There's something about momentum. I like to say, momentum is coffee plus Jesus equals momentum. But I know that's not a biblical term, but there's a point when you begin to feel like, oh, season shifted. Oh, I'm getting opportunity oh someone's recognizing and i don't even know how but somehow in winter it's like you're veiled and then spring happens and it gets unveiled and it's like you know something shifted and you don't know why you've been doing the exact same thing i remember someone saying to me so you know when you came to bethel which was almost six years ago crazy enough this fall they said so you know did you just start preaching here and you know what what happened what shifted in you for you to go from like just being at a small, you know, church preaching and just doing what you were doing. And then now an international kind of platform, what happened? And I said, nothing. And I'm like, they're like, what do you mean? I said, I was preaching these messages for 10 years. I haven't changed my messages, but God changed his direction. And this is critical in our lives. The platform does not reveal the gift. The gift gets stewarded and the platform only elevates what's really happening. Like, your seeds, you're sowing, you go, what am I, I'm just sowing into my kids, I'm just sowing into my church, I'm just sowing into my ministry, I'm just doing day in and day out. Listen, David came and fought Goliath, but it wasn't like he wasn't warring before he got there. He was on another field doing bears, and and he was doing lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, David's over here doing this, and he comes and he fights Goliath, and he kills him, and they go, how did you do that? And he goes, well, I just figured I'd been doing it over here. I mean, I might might as well do it here. So let's go, oh, I'll I'll fight Goliath. I'll do what God's coming to do. Then do it where you are. Do it where you are. And here's the deal. What I've noticed is God doesn't move us often until we're satisfied with where we are. Well, I hope that really blessed your life. I hope that everything God is trying to get to you, you grabbed a hold of. Again, don't forget to give me a shout out on the socials. I'm there almost every day. And if this podcast really spoke to you, would you consider leaving a review so others can find this podcast and as well as some stars? I hope you have a great day and I'll catch you next time.